This episode of the Pursuit Podcast is presented by Fisher Skis. Hello! This is the Pursuit Podcast. I am your host, at Mr. Adam X. You can follow along at, at, at Out of Collective, at Mr. Adam X. You know, follow along. See what we're doing. See what we're up to. Been a little slow season for us. Just kind of hammering on the mountain bikes and going for hikes and swimming and kind of trying to enjoy summer the best we can. Surfing on people's boats. If you got a boat and you want to take me surfing, that's rad. Love to go. Banger episode this week. So much fun. And, you know, the first time that this guest has ever done a podcast. So keep that in mind while listening. She did a bang up job, you know, fell right into her groove, got chatting, got the whole thing going. But before we even talk about my guest, I want to talk about the people that make this show and all the shows on the collective possible. And that's my homies over at Darn Tough. Heading over to darntough.com. They're socks, guys, but socks are important. You wear them every day. They're for your feet. They protect your feet. They keep you warm. They keep your feet from sweating. They have an unconditionally guaranteed for life. That means if the sock isn't the most comfortable, durable, best fitting sock, they will replace them. If you get a hole in them, they'll replace them. You know, unconditionally guaranteed means there's no like, there's no asterisks after the guarantee. If you don't like it, if it ripped, Whatever happened to it, they'll guarantee it and they'll replace them. Darntough.com, rad humans over in Vermont making just rad socks. It's such a funny thing, but like we wear them every day. Check it out. Darntough.com. Okay. I guess we can talk about our guest, my guest, Alexa. Alexa, Alexa, Alexa Christensen. You might recognize that name from Instagram. I know if you're following mountain biking, you've seen her work. A phenomenal photographer, an absolutely amazing human being. And, you know, we just kind of, we kind of get into a groove. We talk about, you know, how you fall into photography. How does this happen? Taking risks, you know, not taking no for an answer. And it, it was just a fun convo. She's an educator. She's a photographer. Uh, she's an influencer. We throw that in there because that's always a, a you know a tricky conversation. Uh, it's just a great combo. So much fun. We got through all the ads, so you're not going to have any interruptions. So let's just get re- hold up. Let's do one more. Have you seen the new Fisher ski yet? If you haven't, look it up. It's leaking right now. The Fisher Ranger. Google it. Look it up. Uh, we may have linked it. We may have dropped it on our page today. So head over to Auto Collective. Check it out. Okay, let's get to the EP. Here you go. We're like not it. live. It says live. We're not live. First podcast ever. Alexa, this is it. This is your moment. Who is Alexa Christensen to Alexa Christensen? Hi, I'm Alexa Christensen. I am um, a lifestyle and action sports photographer. I am a creative I'm an educator, a graphic designer, and an outdoor enthusiast, and all things in between. You forgot influencer. (laughs) (laughs) Micro-influencer. The the cursed word of influencer. Oh, I know. But you're a photographer. That's That's your bread and butter. If you had to pick one lane to be in, you're a photographer. That's how I found you. Uh, it really seems to be 
mountain bike. That's that's the main drive, the main focus. Am I correct in saying that? Um, I feel like I share mostly mountain biking, but I photograph everything from weddings and families and like lifestyle, business portraits, reality photography, all the way up into like mountain bikes, hiking pictures, snowboarding. But I just share mostly mountain biking. If you had to pick one to shoot, which one would you pick? I would photograph free ride mountain biking. That's what I really enjoy. Yeah, I feel like that one's an easy one to pick. Not easy to shoot, but like that's definitely like hits you in the heart when you watch it, when you photograph it. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but when you photograph something like that, and correct me if I'm wrong, and you get the shot, the satisfaction of like, if you get a good photo of someone like free ride mountain biking, it tells the story and then it puts you or at least makes you sympathize with the athlete of how much danger they're actually putting themselves in. Oh yeah. The feeling is indescribable and being there in person, like nothing compares to it. You can't watch it on your phone or your computer. Once you're there, it is so gnarly and then getting the picture and sometimes it's not even like the action photo for me i really love the lifestyle the emotion like capturing super close-up images of like the athletes faces and the sweat and the blood and like that for me is the bread and butter like the lifestyle the meaningful pictures how did we get here how does how does Alexa get to become, I mean, we have to go back to like, I was five years old and, but like how this is your career. This is what you're doing. Did you just pick up a camera one day and figure it out? Did you take some schooling? Like, how do we get here? So I started taking pictures seriously in high school. I would photograph all of the athletic teams or the assemblies and the events. And I was known as the school photographer and I really enjoyed that. And when I was about 16, I started charging for like portraits and family photos. And one day, one of my friends here in Southern Utah where I live was like, Hey, I'm going to ride my mountain bike. Like, do you want to come out? And I was like, Oh, of course. Um, so I went out with him and I started taking photos of him and I really like how they turned out. And years later, like looking back on that, the trail that I photographed is like the super famous trail here called Grafton. And I still shoot on it to this day. So I was 15, um, when I kind of started getting into mountain biking. And then when I was 18, I photographed Red Bull Rampage from like outside the outside. So I didn't have a media pass. I was like in where the spectators are. And I just had like this long lens and I started taking pictures. And that night I posted some of them and tagged the athletes and like four of them reshared these pictures. So that was kind of, kind of like the turning point. I was like, why are they sharing these pictures? Like I'm not even like a action sports photographer. So that's kind of when I knew like I could do this. I can photograph families and stuff, but also action sports. So from then on, I 
gave it 100%. Um, I went full-time when I was 18. So I've been a full-time photographer since 2018. So now it's 2023, I'm 23, and I am just so happy that this is how things have gone, and I feel really thankful. What's the best advice you've ever been given? The best advice I've ever been given is, that's a hard one. Oh, it's the worst question. Well, there's so many, and now I'm forgetting all of them. <laughs> um, of course, just like live your live your dream. Um, it's really easy to say, like, oh, like just go do it, go live your dream. But not that many people do it, and I never gave up. I have never like picked up random side jobs because I didn't want to do photography. Like I. I've stuck to it and done it full time for a long time. So the best advice is just all your dream. Don't give up. That, that's all I got. <laughs> Was there a time where you were thinking about giving up? Um, I think it's pretty easy to get burnt out, especially when you sit behind your computer all day for sometimes 15 hours. But I don't, I've never thought about giving up. I've thought about shifting and maybe going into like video or graphic design work. But I think I will always take pictures. That will always be my thing. Always will take pictures. Um, but yeah, I mean, I went to school and I have a degree and we can talk about more about that, but photography will be my thing forever. Yeah, it's funny that you say sitting in front of your computer because so many people hear photography and they're just like, you just take pictures all day. It's like, if I could just take pictures all day, it'd be the greatest like gig in the planet. And it's still like a great gig, don't get me wrong. But it is 10% taking pictures, 60% or 70% sitting in front of your computer and like 20% managing clients. And like, we can skew those numbers any way you want, but like, no matter how we skew them, it's always sitting in front of your computer the most. Yep. And <laughs> it's exhausting. Like, oh, you just sit at home and edit all day. It's like, no, it's so much more than that. Plus like you get headaches and your eyes hurt and it's exhausting. Yeah, it's it's not a woe as me, but it's, it's, it's a lot of work and you have to be creative. Like I, whenever I did a wedding, I would like, you know, you go through it, you delete everything that you don't want. Like, you know, I never delete it, but like, okay, X, 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 I don't want those. And then I get to like my batch that I want to edit and then I edit it. And then I always waited to deliver. And I want to talk to you about your process, but like I would, walk away for a day and then come back to it with fresh eyes. Cause like sometimes the beginning edits were like phenomenal, but then by like the end, cause I'm like putting in a huge day, I'm like, Oh, these are bad. Like this got rough. I don't know. Like I started getting like more orange with my tones. I just kept dragging it and dragging it and dragging it. And I'm like, what happened? So that's how I always did it. Take me through your process of like, okay, let's just say for the sake of this conversation, 
you know, we shoot, you shoot a mountain bike, whatever contest competition showcase, you're shooting mountain biking. What do you do? What does your process look like from the second you get done shooting to like, and I want to know like, okay, you put it on your computer, you back it up 10 times, like, give me, I mean, you don't have to go for hours about it, but like, give me like what that process looks like to a delivered photo. Okay. So after I get home from an event, usually it's that night that I want to start looking at the pictures. So I put them straight onto an external hard drive, actually two of them. So I back them up twice. And then from there, I drop them straight into Lightroom. So usually that would be anywhere from 500 pictures to maybe like 2000 from an event all day shooting. So once they're in Lightroom, I then cull them, which means to like go through them and get rid of the bad ones. So I don't go pick my favorites and edit them right there. I go through all of them and I get rid of the bad ones. So usually that gets me down to anywhere from 400 to 200 pictures, maybe even less. Um, so I definitely overshoot. But then from there, I start editing. Every single photo gets some sort of crop. Every photo gets a little adjustment of like a little zoom in, a little crop, a little like I turn turn them. I don't know. Straighten them. Straighten them. I guess right. Yeah. <laughs> straighten. Like, yeah. People yeah, listening like, are straighten like straighten every picture, and then from there I start adding like coloring or a preset. So I definitely have my own preset that I have made and adjusted. And I apply that to every single picture. I do like black and white. So I will make, I don't know, maybe 30 pictures black and white. And then from there, I Photoshop out like anything that's distracting, like random people in the background or something on the lens, like a little piece of dirt on the lens. So I final, like I put fi finishing touches on every picture and then export and I, that's about it. Are you using Lightroom? No one's gonna know this question except for me. Are you using Lightroom or Lightroom Classic? I will only use Lightroom Classic. Yes. <laughs> I agree. I don't, I don't know. And every, people listening are like, what are you talking about? But the new Lightroom, I'm it's just made for mobile. Like it's great for an iPad and that's it. Right. It's I not I'm a Lightroom classic. And I don't know if you import or how you import, but like labeling everything saved my life so many times. Like, hey, do you have pictures of a dog and a bride? I'm like, oh yeah, dog, bride. Psh, everything <laughs> just comes up. Like the greatest thing on the planet. Yep. How much time would you say you spend on each photo? Um, if you had to put a time on it. I would say maybe 20 minutes. It depends. It depends on the photo shoot. It depends on like wedding photos. Probably get more time than a mountain biking picture. Um. But I say I would say I spend usually nine to eleven hours a day editing every single day. 
That sounds awful. Let's say, let's say you shoot a wedding. We'll swerve here. Um, and this is part of, um, I'm, I'm giving spoilers to my audience, but I want, I want the audience to know how much time that photographers spend on, on these photos and how much work it takes. So let's say you shoot a wedding. It's an eight hour day. What would you say the follow-up is to deliver a wedding? How many hours do you have into that wedding? So I usually tell my clients for a wedding, they will get the pictures back in six to eight weeks. Okay. Um, that depends on how many photo shoots I've had in the last month, I would say. Six to eight weeks, but I am known for my turnaround time in lifestyle pictures and action sports. And I really think that's why companies hire me is because of my turnaround time. Even my normal clients, like wedding clients. Um, that doesn't mean I'm spending less time on the pictures and putting less effort into them. I just don't procrastinate. I edit them as quickly as I can, but also like while spending a good amount of time on, time on them, if that makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's rushed. It just means there's been plenty of times where I'm like six to eight weeks and then it's like the seventh week and I'm like, shit. And I just, right. I didn't do anything in that time. I just didn't do what I was supposed to do. Would you ever send them out? This is like a tricky. Um, Not usually. I like to hold on to them for a little bit. Just because I feel like if I give my clients them the next day and they're like, did you rush through those? But also, I don't want to keep them. They're your pictures. I don't want to have them just to myself. I'm, I want to share them. So, sorry, I mean, would you ever send them out to be edited? Like send the raws out? Send the raws out to be edited. Yes. So only for like weddings. Mm -hmm. I do have like a extra package that includes the raws for quite a bit of money. Okay. I'm not answering I'm not answering the or asking this question properly. I do like that answer though. I like that you can buy raws. Um okay. I do enjoy that. I just think it's a neat option and it is I think it proves value more than anything. Like here's what it was and here's what it became cuz you actually become like a a painter at some point. Like here's the image, you got it, but like to make it what it is, a raw file versus a finished like jpeg is totally different. But I'm saying, like, so I used to photograph, there was a point in my career that I would photograph 40 to 50 weddings in a summer. And I would send out just the reception photos for someone to edit. Oh, I see. And it saved my life. Um, and I was really torn on it. And I just did, like, portraits was all me, because that's all, like, very personal, very... You know, group photos, great. But when it came to the reception, where it was kind of just like, they're reception photos. They're beautiful photos, but they're not. I would send them out to a company. It was like, I don't know, four cents a photo or something. And it was just like, boom, I'd get them back in like a day and it would save me a day. So it was just like, but I, I'm asking because I, I, it's an, it's an odd thing to do to like send it out. I think if it were me, I would rather have somebody take the picture and me edit it. 
So if I happen to be sick for like a lifestyle family session, I have hired photographers and then I edit. I don't know if I would send out pictures for somebody else to edit. It's hard. It's hard to give up the control. It's hard. And I am kind of known for like my coloring. And I don't know if you're giving them your presets or whatever, but like you can look at a picture that I've taken. And obviously, if you know me, somebody will say, oh, that's Alexis picture. They're very warm, very crisp. I don't really use a lot of cool tones. I really like oranges, reds. So that is a hard one. I think if I got big enough, then yes, I would probably need some help. (laughs) I will say that you give them like six samples and they like, it's insane. Like it like blew my mind how accurate they would get. And really what I did is I would send them out and they would do it and then I'd get them back and then I'd go through them. And I just had to do like, like 30 seconds to a minute per photo, like, like just fine tune it. And then it was out. It was amazing. It, I mean, it saved my life that summer. Um, but it's like a really, I like asking photographers cause it's like, you feel dirty. You feel like, Oh, like, like. <laughs> almost like it's not your work, but it is. Yeah. It's a, it's a really weird thing. It's like conundrum to be in, but what I've learned is just don't book 40, 50 weddings and then you're way better off. Uh, what are you shooting? What equipment are you shooting? Like what's your go-to lens? What's your camera? What are you using? So I have a Canon R5. Um, my go-to for action sports is the Canon 70 to 200, 2.8. That lens is insane. Um, I also love a good 24 to 70. For most of my weddings, it's probably going to be on a Canon 50 or a Canon 35. I haven't played much with like an 85 fixed or like a one, is it 135? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Haven't played much with those, but I would love to. The 85 fixed is like such a great portrait lens, in my opinion. It is a very... It's a very difficult lens to shoot at a wedding unless you're using it as a second camera because like you're, you're almost too tight that you're like, you just get pinched sometimes at weddings. Like you don't have the space where like a 50 or 35, you're a little wider, you can handle it. But an 85, you like, I don't know, I'm just doing this motion and you get it. You're just like, oh, I just can't get back for like far enough. Um, But it is like an amazing focal length that just works really well for some reason. But uh, I want to pivot a little bit. I want to talk about teaching because you, you also teach photography, which is you're self-taught, correct? Yes. And now you're teaching. Mm-hmm. So how yeah. do we get here? Um, Kind of a crazy story. So I attended Southern Utah University and my first year there, I was like, oh, I'm going to go and get my degree in photography. And a year in, I decided I didn't need a degree to take pictures. So I pivoted and I was like, what could I do? So I got my degree or decided to get my degree in education. 
So I went there for four years and I got my bachelor's in art education. So the next year, um, I taught graphic design at a high school. And I kind of like to say it was on the side of photography. So yes, I was teaching full time, but I was still doing photography full time. <laughs> um, and then I was like, oh, I'm too busy with taking pictures. I just want to take photos. So then a couple years later, fast forward to this year, um, I started teaching college at the local university here. It's called Utah Tech University. And I teach photography for design. Um, it's only a couple hours. It's just one course. But I said yes to teaching, be, teaching this course because editing is a lot. It takes a lot out of me. And I really wanted to progress my photography. And I learn a lot from my students. So I still take pictures full time, but a couple hours every day I go teach at this university and I get to teach what I love. So I'm getting better. The students are teaching me things that I don't know. Like it's, it's really cool. I always find it interesting. Like when we have a job, like a podcaster or a photographer or an artist and we have a side gig, we always have to make sure we say that we do the other thing full time. But like, I know plenty of like engineers or I don't know, just like people who have like regular jobs who also like bartend on a Tuesday night, but they don't say like, I'm an engineer full time. Like I, like, it's really interesting to me because I do it too. I'm not calling you out, but like you want people to know that like you are a photographer as your full time gig. And it's like this. It's this like thing in our brains that says like, if we are doing something else, then we're almost like, and I don't mean this in a bad way that like, we're almost like failing because we're doing something else. And it's just like, no, right. it's a side gig. It's okay. Like everyone I know has a side gig. My friends are like business owners and make like tons of money. And they're like, oh, I just go and cut down a tree on a Tuesday or on a Sunday morning because like it's 500 bucks in their pocket and they like doing that. But they don't feel the need to be like, I own the business full time. Why do we do that? I think we're scared. Like, I think I'm scared of being known for something other than a photographer. I don't, I don't know what it is. That is such a good point though. I don't mean, I'm not calling you out because everyone does it. Like me, including like I, I basically podcast full time now. Like this is somehow become my main gig. I don't make good money, but this is what I do the most. Like this is my full time gig now. And it's, I feel like I have to tell people that. And then I'm like, I still take photos, but like podcasting is like what I do now. And I'm like, why am I? It's a weird like defense mechanism or something. I don't know what it is. I think people think that photography isn't a career sometimes. Same with, I don't know, podcasting or a videographer. or like Sometimes people have a hard time understanding that it can be a full-time job and it could be a good career. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't. It's a weird. We all do it. Every creator that I know does it 
And I don't know why. I think maybe it's fear. Maybe it's like something to prove, not in like a jerk way, just in like a, like, oh no, this is actually what I do. Like this mm-hmm. is, I, I'll never, we need to stop doing it. We need to band together and be like, I'm a photographer. That's it. End of story. Yeah. yeah. Like, and also be like, oh, but I teach. And they're like, what do you teach? Like photography, like make them feel stupid. Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm a photographer. I teach photography. Like what? That's what we need to do. We need to get up on our horses. Be proud of it. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know if it's a proud. Yeah. I don't know. We all do it. I'm not, I am not calling you out. I'm just, I'm, I've been thinking about it because the last, I've interviewed a lot of photographers in the last couple months and we all say it. And I'm like, why are we doing this to ourselves? I feel like I might be scared to say I'm something else because I've been a photographer so long. If I say I'm a teacher, people might be like, oh, are you done taking pictures? Did it not go well? Did it right. bust? Yeah, see, I don't, maybe, yeah, there, there's some truth to that because I've done the opposite. I was a photographer for so long, for 15 years. I did it yeah. full time. And now it's kind of my side gig. I actually kind of walked away and now I'm getting back. I actually mentioned it last week of the podcast. I was like, I want to take some weddings. And then a couple of people DM me and we're like, I got meetings all this week. I was like, holy shit, I'm back. Like I didn't book them yet, but I'm back. But I was like, I've always kept my toes in it, but I was so burnt out from it that I needed to walk away. Photographing weddings. And that's what I did. I didn't like... You seem to mix it up. I shot weddings. Like that was, I had a business partner. We were fucking good. We like worked really well together. Awesome. But like if you shoot weddings in Buffalo, New York for 15 years, like there's only so many churches. There's the red brick wall. Like I know it. Let's get, oh, holy shit. How'd you know about this wall? It's like, I was here yesterday. Like, you know, there's vines coming down. Like, it just becomes the same thing. And you're just like, it's a step and repeat. So it was like a really, I'm glad I got away. Uh, I guess what I'm leading into is how do you keep things, how do you avoid burnout? I definitely have felt burnt out. But for me, I like to photograph a lot of things. So one weekend, I'll be photographing a mountain biking event. The next weekend, it's a wedding. Then the next weekend, it might be a different mountain biking event. Like I like to bounce back and forth. Um, I would say usually like weekdays are more for portraits and family photos. And then weekends would be like a bike event. And that's how I stay Like, that's how things stay fresh. I don't get burnt out. I really enjoy the diversity there. I love shooting different things. And I think along with that comes, like, a lot of people saying, oh, like, you need to be good at photographing one thing. Only pick one thing and go with that. And that is true to an extent. But for me, what works best is photographing a lot of different things. And maybe in... I don't know, three, four years, I might only photograph one thing. But for right now, I am loving saying yes to a lot of different types of photography. Yeah, there's there's power in yes. And we spoke about this a little bit prior to recording. Do you think that hurts or helps your clients, specifically 
you know, I'm thinking wedding clients, like if you're shooting a, I don't know, a motocross event or a mountain biking event, does that help you get wedding clients or does it hurt you get wedding clients? Do you think? For the most part, it's helped me. I've had a lot of clients that are athletes that get married and they want to get some engagement photos on their mountain bike or with the mountain bike in the background. Um, I've taken, what did I do? Like a month ago, I did a proposal where they biked to an overlook and I would not have gotten that client if I didn't ride mountain bikes, if I didn't photograph bikes. So I definitely get a lot of clients through the activity, like the outdoor activities that I do. Um, I don't feel like it turns away clients because for the most part, they're outdoorsy people. I'll take that. I'll accept that answer. Not that my I'm the end all be all judge, but th- th- I do think people like sometimes it can hurt you, right? Like sometimes, but what you're saying is like, it's just getting me like that, that clientele has become your clientele, whether it's for a mountain bike shoot and or a wedding shoot, it's all the same. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you find, where do you get your inspiration? Do you have like a photographer who you love? Do you have an artist that you love? Like where did, where are you pulling this from? I have a lot of photographers that inspire me that I have gotten to work with for a lot of years. Um, Let's see. Do you know Boris? I don't think so. He photographs like World Cups and Rampage. He's one of my favorite photographers. You should look at his Instagram. But I look up to photographers that are unique, that are themselves. They have this style that they stick to and they aren't editing like everybody else. They're very unique. Um, I look up to see there's a photographer in Utah. Her name is Rachel. I think it's Galapagos. Okay. Rachel G from Utah. Um, okay. She inspires me. Bartek is another photographer. Trevor Lydon. There's lots of wedding photographers too, but I won't get into those. <laughs> People are like, eh. Weddings yeah. are hard. Weddings like a, it's one of those things. It's like people either, photographers either love them or hate them. Like they're either like, I'll never work a wedding ever. Or like, I love them. And like, mm-hmm. it's a neat, uh, it's one of those things. It's a live event. It's all happening at once. Most people are just super stoked to be there. But there's also like these trends in the industry that you're like, I, and I think I just said this on a recent pod, like I never wanted to be a trendy wedding photographer that was like, I didn't want to do it. And that was always my pitch is like, I want this thing to be timeless. And maybe it's not the coolest thing out right now, but like this, this is a wedding photo. It's not an advertisement. It's a wedding photo. So like it needs to hold the test of time. Like my parents' wedding photos my dad's mustache is gaudy and my mom's hair is probably a big perm or a blowout, but like the picture itself, timeless, like it holds the test of time. And that was always my goal for weddings was just like, this photo will hold up in 40 years if we can find it. 
because it's all digital. No one prints anything anymore. Yes. <laughs> Do you print stuff? Um, I printed a lot of things when I worked at that high school because I had access to all the <laughs> all the wide format printers. Um, I don't print things as often as I should. Um, when I buy a house, I'm excited to throw some of my artwork up on the wall, and of course, artwork of other photographers. But I don't print a lot. Just all of your own artwork. All over my whole house. That's a power move. Self-portraits. <laughs> it's like, that's what I want. I want a big fireplace with like a self-portrait of me that I, yeah, like that. I mean, obviously I took it if it's self-portrait, but that would be success. That's how I would define success. <laughs> how, segue, how do you define success? I think success is if you enjoy doing something, if you love what you do and you get to do it every single day, I think then you are successful. I don't think it's defined by a certain amount of money or possessions that you have, how many cars. I think it's if you feel like you, that's a hard one. Oh, it's just, a terrible question. If you love what you're doing, if, if, sorry, if you love what you are doing, that's success. And if you're happy and content with yourself, like every single day, I just feel so lucky and thankful. And every, every day is a new photo shoot, a new, like, I just am still learning every single day. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that, I think you hit the nail on the head, like still learning, still loving what you're doing. What would you be doing if you didn't find photo? Like what else, like what was option two? I know you found photo so young that it seems like there wasn't an option two, but like there had to have been like if you weren't gonna do photo. Um, I think right now, if I wasn't taking pictures, I would be in graphic design. Um I studied that a lot in college. Um I didn't pursue it. Occasionally, I'll make uh, like a logo for somebody or like a friend or birthday card invites or something like that. But I think if I wasn't in photo, I'd be a graphic designer. I think if you asked me that, I don't know, five years ago, I would say something in the medical field, maybe. That's where my mom is. So I think somewhere, something there. I love asking shit questions, so I'm sorry. That's just like, what would you do if you weren't doing exactly what you wanted to be doing? Exactly like, what I wanted to my whole life. Like, I have no idea. I want to go back to teaching because I'm, I'm, I've always thought I wanted to be a teacher. I think it's such an, and like, that sounds like what I would want to do. Like, once, like, one class, great. But like, are you teaching beginners? Like, what is the name of the class? So the class is called design, Photography for Design, and it's a 2,000-level class. So it's like for some sophomores, some juniors, and the only kids that can take it are ones who are going to major in design or graphic design. So what does first day look like? Like I'm a student. I walk in, and I'm like, wow. First off, wow, like this teacher's young. So like you have to get over that barrier right away, probably, maybe not, but like you're, you're their age. 
yeah, so it's it's tough. I graduated college at 21, so definitely did it pretty quickly. But I I like to be real with the students. I like to be honest. Um, and the first thing that I usually do is do a little bit, like a little intro about me, and I show them my pictures so they know that I'm kind of legit. It helps. <laughs> so it helps, and they I gain their respect pretty quickly. And then I'm usually pretty honest, and I'll say, I don't know everything. I'm going to learn along with you guys. I le- I'm still learning every day. And that's usually like a pretty good icebreaker. And usually they're like, oh, okay. Like she, this, I told them, I was like, this is my first time teaching this class. Like, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not going to be perfect. The course isn't perfect. Like we're going to learn together. And they, I think they really appreciate that. And then after I showed them the pictures, they were like asking these questions like how did you get there how was it hard was it easy what do you like to photograph it sparks conversation and then I ask them those same questions like why do you want to major in this what do you like to take pictures of and it's it's just really it's a really cool job and then what do you grade on like are they submitting photo like give me a give me the first assignment the first assignment was (laughs) it's called footwear or photographing footwear. So I had them go outside just because it is sort of a basic photography class. So they went outside and used their phone since some of them don't have cameras yet. So I let them use their phone and you have to take a picture of your shoes, not on the ground. So that was the one stipulation was like, not on the ground. So get unique, take your shoes off, tie them to a tree, put them on your car tire, put them in the middle of the street on the yellow line. So that was the first assignment. And then after that, it gets a little bit harder. We start using cameras. Um, but grading wise, it's all subjective, right? Like, that's I why I asked. Judge. I can't say this is, I don't like this picture, even though they really like it. So, what I do a lot of is critiques. Um, so, I will call up one of the students, they'll show their pictures in front of the class, and we'll do a class critique. So, They'll give constructive criticism. They'll say what they like, what they could do better. And then I basically grade off of effort. And you can tell if somebody just snapped a picture in two seconds or if there was actually like a thought out composition and if there was any photography rules like used to take the picture. I say break them all. Break <laughs> all the rules. Sometimes it works. You can't do it all the time, but sometimes it does work. I always had a really hard time in just like art classes because it is subjective, right? It's just like, I love this. Like the joke in my family, like I can't draw. I don't have any like artistic. I drew like the goat from like the Hunchback of Notre Dame, like the Disney movie. I like drew the goat. It's like the greatest pen to paper I've ever done in my entire life. I was probably in like sixth grade. And I got like a C on it and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, this is the greatest drawing. Like I died on that hill in like sixth grade. And like to this day, it's in like my mom's like basement, like framed. Like that is it. Like, so that like broke me right off the bat. Like one harsh teacher who was like, this isn't it. And I was like, like literally to this day is the greatest masterpiece of my like pen to paper. 
it's like so don't shatter anybody's dreams i mean they're college kids but like that's what i'm saying like i'm still shook from this right well and they're in the class to learn i'm not expecting them to be perfect i'm not expecting professional photographs like they've been taking photos forever don't get me wrong like some of the kids are so talented totally have an eye but others it's gonna take time like i didn't pick up a camera and take amazing pictures for a long time. Like it took me years to take a, a good picture. It's also reps. Like, yeah. You time. know, let me ask you this. Cause I have an answer for this, but I'll ask you first, what's the difference between a professional photographer and an amateur photographer? I mean, I've heard the getting paid thing, but I've also, have you heard of like the 10,000 hours rule? Like you're a professional if you mm -mm. do something for 10,000 hours. Okay. So I think it has to do with time. Time. Like I I take pictures on my camera every single day. And it's been like that for probably seven and a half, eight years. Every day. So that's what I would say. Do you want my answer? Yes. Okay. I, I don't want to. My answer was always I can guarantee a photo. That amateur can't because everyone can take a photo. Everyone can like, there's plenty of amateurs that like can get a great photo. It happens. A professional photographer can guarantee a photo. And that, cause I never liked the time thing. Cause there's like, some people are just really good at shit. Like some people grab a skateboard and they're just like fucking good at it. And other people skate like 10,000 hours and they still suck. So like, Time is important and like time is like you have to get your reps and you have to, but like that one always hurt me because like some people like have an eye, like that sounds stupid, but like some people have it. It's like a natural thing that comes to them. So it was like, for me, it was always like, I can guarantee this photo. I know I will get a shot. I know if you hire me, like I will get the shot. Is that cocky? Is that, I don't know. I just think you're paying me to do something. You're paying a chef to cook a meal. Guaranteed they're going to cook that meal. That makes them a professional chef. Can I like saute some shit up and it might taste okay? Probably. Is it going to be like, like I can't guarantee it's going to be good. I'll try it. I'll read the recipe and I'll like put it together and like, okay. But I can't guarantee it. You're giving a face. Is it my way off? Yeah, I? I just have lots of thoughts going on. Like I've been at events where I wasn't hired by a client, but after the event, they've talked to me and said like, Hey, our photographer messed up. They didn't get anything. Do you have this? It's happened quite a bit. So I, I think yes to what you're saying, but I think sometimes some people can't get the shot all the time, even like, I will mess up a shot sometimes. It's bound to happen. So. Yeah, but you still get a shot. Yes. That's the difference. To me. Yep. They're not all going to be grand slams. Like, that's just... But like you always, no matter what, have a deliverable. Yep. Is there like, oh, shit, that could have been like a half second sooner. It would have been like, oh, but like, you still get a shot. And I don't know. Everything's up for debate. What's professional anything? Like, I don't, do you get paid? Okay, well, 
there's been plenty of things I've been paid for that I was like, I am not a professional at this. Like, right. I'm just here. I'm a body. <laughs> like, just like, I agree. It's, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know we were going to, I mean, I knew we were going to talk photo, but I didn't know we were going to deep dive into photo this much. It's kind of fun. I haven't chatted photo in a while, like pure on photo. What's, where do you see Alexa in five years? Like, what is like the, the grow plan? The grow plan is more creative passion projects for sure. Um, of course, I would love to work with like bigger name companies, but also I kind of want to do like some smaller local companies. Um, I would love to transition a little bit into gravel and road photography just because I'm personally leaning towards that in my everyday life. Like I love my road bike. So I would love to transition to that. Um, and I'm also thinking about snow sports because that's where my heart's at. Like I love snowboarding. So I would love to photograph snow events. That's, that's what's next. I'm the opposite, but that's okay. <laughs> I think like I loved, and we like you're a bit, you're a huge snowboarder. You snowboard hundred plus days a year, but that's not what you shoot. It's not your job. And like, I think there's power in that. Um, but I'm always like anyone who shoots in the snow, I'm always just like tip of the hat. Cause like, you're just adding a whole nother element, which is weather. And like cameras suck when it's cold and like, there's a whole art to it. And it's, so much more than just taking the picture because it's like having hand warmers on your shutter. <laughs> like, so it doesn't freeze. And like, those are all like, I'm like, Nope, I don't want it. Which is just a testament to who I am versus who you are. You're like, no, I want to be in there. I want to shoot these elements. I want to do that. Can you talk about the worst photo shoot you've ever been on? Um, I can. <laughs> Um, I think I got thrown into directing my own photo shoot a little bit quickly. Um, I was in charge of this full day photo shoot for this um, mountain bike company. And I showed up thinking like it was a normal photo shoot. It was going to be like directed by like the people from this mountain biking company that were coming to hang out. But I showed up and I was in charge from, let's see, I think it was like 7 a.m. to, I'm going to say 8 p.m. And I scheduled it an hour too early. So it was too dark for the first hour. Um, we had to run one of the athletes to Instacare because they hit their head. Like it was a whole ordeal. Um, luckily, we ended up getting some pretty good content, but I should have been way more prepared. I should have planned a lot more like locations and it just wasn't very well thought out. So luckily it was, it was okay. But now I know, I know exactly what I need to do. I'm prepared. That was, a, that was a couple of years ago. So much better now, but always, <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was bad. How do you find clients right now? Is it all coming through Instagram? Um, it is word of mouth connections and Instagram. Um, it's mostly through my personal Instagram and not my like, photography Instagram, just cause 
there's more followers there. And it's for sure like events and word of mouth. The last event I was at, I had somebody come up to me and say, I see how hard you work every single day. Before I even get to my hotel room, the photos from that event are up. And this person goes, you're going to be getting a call from me. And that to me was like, people are seeing me. What I'm doing is working. I'm proud of my work. Like it's finally starting to like, like get really good. I'm so excited. I feel like I'm scratching the surface and I'm just, I'm so close. So that's, that's amazing. That's, that's what you want to hear. That's what you want to, that's, you should be proud of where you are. And if you're not, what are you doing to make yourself proud of right. where you are? I want to, I don't know, I got a couple more questions. I want to talk influencer a little bit because it's such like a dirty word and we don't like using it. Um, but you're kind of doing a little bit of that too. You're doing a little influencing on the Instagram. Do you want to continue to do that? Do you want to like shy away from it? Do you think it helps your brand, hurts your brand? Because it goes back to like what we were saying before. You're like, I'm a photographer. That's my job. And we feel like we have to say that. And like, again, I want to get away from that where like you can be a photographer and an influencer. And I don't think, I don't think the word influencer should be as dirty as it is. I have a couple of thoughts on this. Um, I think companies like me because I am not a professional athlete. I truly love everything to do that has to do with outdoors. So bike companies reach out to me and ask me to ride their bikes, promote their bikes, because I truly love riding every single day. I can reach out to the neighbor across the street who rides her bike every day, or the mom that has four kids, or somebody in college who's looking to get into mountain biking. I'm very approachable, I think. So I... (laughs) I think that's why companies like me as like an influencer. I'm not a professional. I'm not here to compete. I truly do it because I love it. Um, What was the second part? (laughs) Just if, I guess if you think it's a dirty word or not, like, because I think like, I don't, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying. I think everyone who like thinks it's a dirty word is just mad that other people are, it's like a jealousy thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think I just make sure I'm getting paid as a photographer for from a company as well as an influencer. They're not the same thing. They're very different. I think there is a lot of value in hiring both for a company, but you can't just hire one or the other. Like I, I was listening to one of your other podcasts that was talking about how influencers are taking the place of photographers. And I think that can't happen. We will always need those timeless stills. We also need videos too, not just iPhone videos. So I think there's there's room for everybody. We can all help each other out, but I don't think being an influencer is a bad thing. I think it's kind of fun. <laughs> uh, I would agree. I do think brands are getting uh, greedy with the influencer thing. And I think it's going to bite them in the butt sooner than later. Um, you know, the 
everything's booming, everything's selling. And now we're seeing bikes go on sale for the first time. And like, this is when marketing matters. And, and it's not just influencer marketing. It's great photos. It's great storytelling. It's great. You know, print magazines are coming back a little bit and it's like making sure that your product is placed in those print magazines and the photographers are telling that story. That's, you know, that helps sell product as does an influencer. But like, like you said, I think there's room for both. And it's such a funny conversation to be having, but it's true. Like it's, you know, and, and I love that you said getting paid because nothing's free. Anyone who, you know, a lot of my, I always call them high school friends. They don't get what I do. And they're like, well, that was free. And I was like, well, I can't put that in my gas tank. Like that's not Mm -hmm. free. Isn't like a free pair of shoes is really great, but it's also like, if I have to spend four hours, like creating something stupid to post, (laughs) like that's time that you should be getting paid for. So I guess what my, my ramble and getting towards the end here, how do you, how do you put a value on your time, on your photo and don't give me numbers obviously, but like no one tells you that and there's no rule book on like how much like, Hey, I'm, Adam's bikes. I want you to, I'm in Utah. I've got seven demo bikes here and seven riders. I want to do a photo. I want to book you for eight hours. Like, how do you say, again, don't give me pricing. Don't give it, but like, how do you put a value on that? I think it's all trial and error. And because I've done it so long, I've, I've kind of learned but it's about communicating with other photographers. So we're all on the same page. It's about your time, what you feel your time is worth. Um, I also am not here to charge you crazy amounts of, right? Like it's not supposed to be crazy expensive. I really just want to get paid for my worth. And if you know your worth, then there's not an issue there. you have to go in confident. You have to go in with strong prices and Hey, it's not going to work out if you can't pay this. I'm sorry. Yeah. The power of no show up with confidence. Yep. The power of no. What is something you wish everyone knew about you? Um, Maybe that I, I'm a musician. Like I play lots of instruments. Okay. What do you play? Um, I play the piano, the guitar, the violin, the ukulele. Dang. Are you in any bands? I'm not in any bands. I've done a couple of piano recitals and I've played the electric guitar in front of my whole school. Nice. But I just maybe maybe I like music. What's yeah. your go to song? On like the guitar? To play, yeah. I played Stairway to Heaven, which is, of course, the classic yeah. riff. <laughs> but I really like playing country. A lot of Zach Bryan, a lot of Tyler Childers, and Yeah. Okay. Do you, Are you in a band? No. Do you want to be in my hypothetical uh, <laughs> Smash Mouth, hardcore Smash Mouth cover band called Mouth Smash? Absolutely. Sign me up. You're in. It'll never <laughs> happen, but... 
if SIA ever comes back in like full force, I'm doing a full set of Smash Mouth songs. I will be the lead singer. All hardcore renditions, super fast, double bass pedal, like full blown hardcore set. I'm talking, you know, 10 songs, 12 minutes, like boom, that's it. But you're in. Okay, give me a call. <laughs> you're an official member. I think I'm up to like 40 members as because oh we're just, it's all hypothetical band, but that's it. It's going to happen someday. Um, I have zero musical talent. I wish I had musical talent, but I don't have any. So that's okay. Playlists or podcasts? Podcasts. What podcasts are you listening to? There's no offending. To a lot of conversation, a lot of health and wellness. I love crime. I, I um, always have something playing from the second I wake up till the evening. I always have something in the background. So, yeah. Pool or beach? Beach. Fruits or vegetables? Fruits. Text or call? Call. Oh. Comedy or horror? Horror as of recently. Oh, a new horror fan. Yes. That doesn't happen often. That's surprising. Waffle or pancake? Waffle. Groomers or pow? Utah powder. There is a difference. Mm-hmm. Coffee or tea? Um, What about smoothie? You make like a smoothie, smoothie every morning? Not every morning, but I don't drink a lot of tea or coffee in the mornings. Oh, if someone made me a smoothie every morning, I'd be a smoothie guy. But <laughs> coffee's just like easy. I just like totally. uh, just knock stuff over and make coffee. Uh, gravel or road? Biking, cycling. For sure, road. If you could cook a meal for anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what meal would you cook? That's a tough one. Um, maybe like some grilled salmon with some like roasted vegetables. Okay. And I'm a big dessert girly, so maybe like some sort of, I don't know, cookie, fruit your flow. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, do you know Danny Davis? Yeah. The snowboarder? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Him or do you know Maddie Mastro, the mm-hmm. snowboarder? Yep. One of those two. Okay. All right. I like it. Salmon, vegetables. Was there a carb in there or no? No carb? Um, we could do like a little. We don't have to. I'm just confirming. Grilled salmon and some veggies. Grilled salmon, veggies, Danny Davis. Yep. All right. That's it. Uh, Alexa, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Uh, thank you for chatting. This is your first podcast. I think you did great. Uh, we're just rolling to the hour mark. Where can people follow you? Uh, you know, slide in your DMs, ask you questions, nothing creepy people. Uh, where can they hire you? You know, the whole thing. What do you have going on? Uh, my Instagram is at Alexa Christensen. Uh, my TikTok is at Alexa Christensen three, which just has a lot of like informational like videos, what I wear mountain biking, silly videos like that. 
And my website is at, sorry, it's alexachristensen.com. So just my name, all of the above. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Thank you. This was great. Oh, thanks you, so much. You did it. We did it. <laughs>